should wait to come out, that you should uh, try to gain rank or status before you do that. That's a bunch of bull It's a new day in the music industry, and I can reach my fans. We're getting there. I've caused harm to the political agenda, and which I'm actually happy for. I would say probably the best message to them is that they're on the wrong side of history. Whether you're lesbian, gay, bi, transgender, or whatever, Love is love. Shout it out to the world. The Michelle Miao Show. Your A through Z covering the LGBT, LMNOP, and everyone in between show. And now here's your host, Michelle Miao. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this incredible, awesome, amazing hump day. It's Wednesday, September 2nd. Overstated a little bit. (laughs) Wow. I'm Michelle Miao, your host, and yes, guess who's back? <laughs> guess who's back? Shady's back. <laughs> no, he's not. Dennis Cruz, our original, our main man, our main squeeze, My, Dennis Cruz, I our like producer. I like to be considered that. Thank you. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. And you got Fong in there. Look at her. She's doing such a good job. She's we, doing a professional job, unlike what I would try to help you with. So let me back up a little bit. We did introduce Fong last week. Uh, we let you know that Jax was taking a... Um, a, le- a lesbian sabbatical. Oh, is that what it's <laughs> interesting? Oh, yeah. I, I want to lesb- find out the details. What's the difference between a lesbian sabbatical and? Okay, I think, I think it involves nature, women, <laughs> women in plaid. <laughs> I, I was going to say no clothes, but oh, right on. But you know, probably plaid—the only thing that they would wear. All right, when it involves nature. <laughs> What's going on, Den? I mean, whoo. Well, see I don't know what we said when you uh, took your hiatus. You probably said, thank God. <laughs> Good. We Out. Lo- we lost the only chance of like actual testosterone in the yeah. studio. And that's a good thing sometimes, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm we missed there, you. Like rolling my eyes on stuff. And, you know, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm coming around. I'm learning. I'm, I was learning, you know. But I love the show. You're doing great. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for uh, continuing to be with us. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, Dennis will float in, float out. He's always, he's, he's like, you're, you're like our honorary lesbian, uh, queer, LGBTQI person. I love that. Member. I love that. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Cause yeah. you're like the most sensitive guy. You said that oh, I know. Stop. Here you go now. <laughs> Here you go. I'm sorry that I tear up at some movies. I mean, but listen, who didn't kind of cry at the end of Expendables 3? Seriously. You know. <laughs> okay. Right. All right. Let's get our program started today. We had some technical difficulties, so I want to get started right away. Today's program is brought to you by Pacific Fertility Center. When life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. Our next guest is a huge trans activist, a human rights activist whose accomplishments are far too great. They're too much for me to list here in our introduction. But for reference, she is chair of the New York Association for Gender Rights Advocacy, also a statewide transgender advocacy organization that she co-founded, actually, in 1998. She's also the president of the board of directors and as well as the acting executive director of Queen's Pride House, in which she also co-founded in 97. Yeah. And the list goes on. <laughs> so let's welcome Pauline Park to the program. Pauline, welcome. Thanks so much, Michelle. It's great to be on the program. Yeah, that was only a couple things that I had mentioned, but uh, like I said, I mean, you do so much uh, for the trans community, for 
our equal rights movement and, you know, and, and uh, especially out there in New York. But, you know, before we jump into a couple of things I want to talk to you about, I think I think we should we should get to know you a little bit, if that's OK. Sure. Uh, I'll just mention that I stepped down as executive director of Queen's Pride House uh, in July, but I remain uh, president of the board of directors for the moment, and I'm also continuing on as coordinator of the transgender support group uh, at Pride House, which is the uh, only LGBT community center in the borough of Queen's. Mm, okay. Thank you so much for the update. Um, I was going to take it way back and I wanted to, you know, ma- you know, a lot of people know you as this incredible activist who's done a whole lot of work, who's put a lot of work out there um, that a lot of people look up to. Uh, but can we ask, you know, in terms of 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 your uh, history, say, you know, growing up where you grew up and, and just kind of what led you to the work that you're doing now? Well, let me see if I can give you the one and a half minute <laughs> life story here. Um, so I was born in Korea. I was adopted at the age of seven and a half months old, grew up in the Midwest, came to New York 20 years ago in 1995, July 1995. I moved to Jackson Heights, which is the most diverse neighborhood in Queens, the most ethnically diverse county in the United States, in January 1997. Um, transitioned at that point and came out as an openly transgendered woman, co-founded Queen's Pride House uh, in uh, January 1997, also Iban, Queer Koreans of New York, and then Niagara, as you mentioned, in June 1998. I'm probably best known for having led the campaign for the transgender rights law enacted by the New York City Council in April 2002. Wow. Well, I, I mean, I'm just, you know, reading, I know, you know, Pauline through the reading, readings that uh, I've been um, blessed with in, in terms of having an opportunity to read. Um, and, you know, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts and some backgrounds because you mentioned it, you know, the, a lot of your activism grew in the 90s. And here we are in 2015, in which for a lot of Americans, uh, transgender issues, uh, you know, is now in the forefront. It's all so new. How does that make you feel as someone who's, who's been in the trenches, uh, you know, for, for a long time now? Well, it's uh, very gratifying to see the community finally come of age. Uh, we have a very long ways to go. Uh, transgender people still face pervasive discrimination, abuse, harassment, and violence. However, we have come a long way, baby, as they say, uh, with transgender rights laws being enacted in 17 states in the District of Columbia, I think over 200 localities, cities and counties in the United States, um, really amazing increase in visibility um, in media representation, most recently with the uh, somewhat controversial uh, transition in coming out of Caitlyn Jenner, mm-hmm. uh, but um, we have really come a very long way, even if we have a long way to go. Um, I think visibility is crucial, uh, empowerment through the building of infrastructure, uh, support uh, networks, provision of programs and services, activism and advocacy work. Uh, there's so much more to do, but I feel really good about uh, direction that we're headed. 
You mentioned Caitlyn Jenner. I think this is a good time to, to discuss Caitlyn Jenner and the media. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, I think you're right. It is this coming of age period for transgender people and, and the movement and, and coming of age is, is it hasn't always been a positive experience for anyone individually, let alone a movement. So I feel like whenever we talk about transgender people, transgender rights, there's always a lot of buzz and buzz. I mean, everybody's got an opinion about, you know, someone or, or an idea or a theory. And so sticking with Caitlyn Jenner, why do you think Caitlyn Jenner is so controversial? I think for a variety of reasons. First, I think we have to understand why her transition became so uh, prominent. It's really the first gender transition that became national headline news. Um, and, uh, well, at least since Christine Jorgensen uh, six years ago. I think it's because Caitlin Bruce was a world-class athlete, uh, an Olympic gold medal winner, and was epitome of athletic masculinity. Uh, second, because um, Caitlin is married to the Kardashian clan, not to put too fine a point on it. And uh, because of that, the media have taken up that story. I think third, of course, now uh, she has her own uh, reality TV show, I Am Kate. Um, I think that the visibility is welcome. My problem is the way in which the media tend to focus really much on both the medical and surgical aspects of transition. Secondly, how they tend to constantly rearticulate what I call the classic transsexual transition narrative uh, to the exclusion of all other types of gender identities and gender transitions, ignoring the full diversity of the transgender community. And third, the way in which they tend to anoint celebrities as spokespeople for whole communities and movements. Mm -hmm. Caitlin, yeah, didn't actually know another openly transgender person until about a month or so before she transitioned, as she herself admitted. And as a white Republican millionaire, millionaire she's not really typical of transgender people right. that I know. Right. Um, and so she is not ideally based. I should credit her with not having claimed that role, at least not so far. Her public statements have been fairly careful and cautious in that regard. Uh, but the media have really been pushing that narrative. A lot of mainstream media outlets uh, have cast her in that role, which is really um, a role that she is not, has not been prepared to uh, play, uh, and one that I don't think she's ideally suited to play mm -hmm. either. Mm -hmm. Pauline, you know, I think that, uh, again, there's a lot of opinions and people, you know, talk a lot on the Internet regarding Caitlyn Jenner and transgender issues today. Um, I I wanted to ask you, I mean, you know, as far as we're, what we're seeing with I Am Kate in the reality series, right, is, is her journey, journey. And Caitlyn has said, you know, this is my own journey. And we've just got done 
talking about why she may not be the ideal spokesperson for the transgender community. But, you know, are there any parallels with with Kate's journey that you could pull from as far as your own experiences go? Uh, for, for me, I had to tune out, um, you know, maybe the second or third episode because a little bit I just kind of felt disingenuous. I also felt like, you know, the what was what was being produced or what was being portrayed was not necessarily what I had witnessed in terms of, you know, the trans movement, my trans sisters and brothers, um, since I kind of started doing what I, I do back in, you know, 2005. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't relate at all is what I'm trying to say. And I'm wondering from, uh, from you as a uh, transgender woman, do you, do you identify with her at all? Um, I identify with a few aspects of her story, uh, and I think that she certainly has the right to speak her own truth. I think the quick thing is if she uh, attempts to speak uh, for other people, um, I'll give you an example. I posted about this on Facebook uh, yesterday and got a huge number of likes, and it stirred up a a huge number of comments, nearly 100 comments on my Facebook page about um, a comment that she made on the show uh, earlier in the week in which she said, and I don't have the exact quote in front of me, something to the fact that uh, dating a man would make her feel more like a normal woman, Mm. Uh, which is a comment I find very problematic because it rearticulates sex gender uh, binary, suggesting that a heteronormative relationship, socially sanctioned heteronormative relationship, is what makes one a woman. Clearly, many transgendered women are in relationships with other women. Some identify as lesbian, some as bisexual, some as queer in some non-binary fashion. Um, Others may be attracted to men, but may or may not be into monogamy, monogamous relationships or marriage. So I think that comments like that show how far she still has to go mm-hmm. in terms of consciousness about a lot of issues related to gender uh, and sexuality. Um, and as I say, I think that she has a perfect right to speak her own truth. I think that tricky thing is that the media uh, less uh, inf- less well-informed uh, journalists and reporters, media outlets will take her comments as reflective of the transgender community as a whole. Right. And, that, and that's where the danger lies. And she has a huge platform. She has an enormous following. She is, I think, the largest Twitter following on Twitter. She has um, whole Kardashian clan <laughs> that she's attached to. And so her um, megaphone is louder than anyone else's. She has a bully pulpit. And mm-hmm. with that comes a great deal of responsibility. And I think, as I say, I am careful to try to credit her with being cautious and making uh, grand statements, but I think as the show goes on, it's quite likely that she's going to make other comments that um, are ill-advised and that don't necessarily reflect Mm -hmm. uh, the reality of the lives of many transgender women 
living with HIV AIDS, with disabilities, uh, working class and poor trans people who uh, do not have her uh, resources or access to media. Exactly, exactly. And this is a, it's a great uh, point for us to break. But when we come back, I want to continue our discussion and also uh, mention that you're also a gender rights uh, activist and kind of, you know, wrap this and how Caitlyn Jenner and, and what we've talked about applies to the real truth of our lives. So stay with us. The Michelle Miao Show continues right after this. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on by joining our community. Each week, we send out an email that covers important things taking place in the Progressive Voices Network and throughout the progressive world. Be the first to know of upcoming shows, schedule changes, exclusive programming, and more. Simply go to ProgressiveVoices.com and sign up for our mailing list. It's that easy. ProgressiveVoices.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining the Progressive Voices community. Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? (laughs) Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. The inspirational Street Requiem mourns the innocents who've died on the street, but also offers hope for the future to those who are struggling. Street Requiem premieres in California on Saturday, August 29, 7 p.m. at Old First Presbyterian Church in San Francisco, and on Sunday, August 30, 2 p.m. at the Congregational Church of San Mateo. Tickets from only $15 are available at streetrequiem.blogspot.com. streetrequiem.blogspot.com. And now, back to the Michelle Meow Show. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us here on this Wednesday, September 2nd. I'm Michelle Meow, your host. On the phone with us is trans activist, human rights activist, and gender rights activist, Pauline Park. Pauline, thanks so much for being with us. Sure, it's great to be on. So, you know, you mentioned something that's very, very important, um, you know, for those tuning in to Caitlyn Jenner's show and, uh, you know, much of of anything else that in the media that uh, focuses on our community that may not be sending the right messages. I mean, you know, it's very important to talk about um, identity and that there there is a difference between gender identity and understanding, right, the uh, the construction of of trans identity, especially, and and what to look out for is th- is to make sure that we don't put ourselves or our our people in a box to where we're supposed to exist. Uh, with with the world that we find problematic to our lives, and and by, by that I mean you know just like you said you know the Caitlyn Jenner show I mean to say that uh, you know all transgender women may feel more like a woman if they dated men uh, that is problematic. Yes, I mean I think uh, as I say it's tricky because you have this reality TV show. Caitlyn is talking about herself. It's about her, but. Um, since most Americans are not uh, familiar with transgender as a phenomenon, and most don't know openly transgender people, uh, 
those who are watching this reality TV show are likely to take this um, as emblematic not only of Caitlin's own personal journey, but as representative of the community as a whole. And I like to say there are as many different ways of being transgendered as there are transgendered people, and uh, there's no one way to transition. Uh, there is, in fact, an infinite uh, variety of possible types of gender identity and expression. Some people have non-medical transitions. Some people choose not to transition. Mm -hmm. Some uh, uh, identify as genderqueer outside of the existing sex-gender binary. And I think uh, my frustration is that the media tend to focus obsessively on uh, one uh, narrative Right, and, he, and not to pick on uh, Kate, but <laughs> Caitlin, um, but I have to say, you know, even just her focus, and, and I get it, you know, a lot of this is all new, and it's exciting, and it's a reality show, um, but, you know, when she uh, was preparing herself to, to do a girls' um, gathering uh, with other trans women, you know, her she was very uh, concerned about what she looked like, and, you know, and there was like a dress she was thinking of wearing, and it was from Diane von Furstenberg, first of all. <laughs> not all of us actually have the privilege of Diane von Furstenberg sending us a dress to begin with. And so I, I, I really, really appreciate the work that you do because the reality, that's our reality. And we have to make sure that people understand that before it gets dangerous and they think that we're just all, you know, show models or, or trans women are supposed to be uh, supposed to be something. Well, exactly. And I wish that, uh, some of these media outlets would do a reality TV show that actually reflected the reality of the lives of uh, the transgender people of color who live here in Jackson Heights, uh, in Western Queens who face pervasive police harassment and brutality. Um, I wish they would uh, focus on immigrants, including undocumented immigrants, many of whom are to get your thoughts and uh thanks for spending a great deal of time talking about caitlin by the way we hadn't actually addressed um you know thoughts regarding caitlin and there were many trans activists who came on the show who just kind of refused uh, to give their opinion because like you said it was controversial but i want to move on to you know some more of your work and kind of of your thoughts i mean while we're on the topic of hollywood and the media obviously hollywood has taken a great deal of interest in uh, including trans storylines and um, you know, we, we're, what we're seeing, though, uh, are, you know, white cisgender men who are playing trans roles. And I wonder, you know, kind of what your thoughts are about that. I think it's a significant issue. I 
think it's a tricky issue. I don't see it in absolute terms, but I also see it in the context of other underrepresented groups. Uh, over 20 years ago, there was a big controversy about Miss Saigon on Broadway, uh, employing um, a white person to play uh, an Asian role. Um, I think that the underrepresentation not only of LGBT people, but also people of color uh, in the media, in um, film, uh, and entertainment is really a serious issue. I, I'm not an absolutist on this question. I do not think that non-trans people should be excluded from playing roles, uh, playing characters who are transgender. Uh, but I think that we have to look at it from the perspective of serious underrepresentation of transgender people, but also the lack of roles for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact is, there are how many portrayals of transgender people in feature films, for example, uh, in theater, uh, in musicals, and so. The fact is there's so few opportunities, and to give a role to a non-transgender person does, in effect, mean not necessarily taking it away from, but denying that role, the opportunity to someone who is openly transgender. And so that's something that has to be taken into account. Uh, As I say, I'm not an absolutist on this, but I think that um, the uh, theater companies, uh, film operations, film studios that are hiring for these roles uh, need to um, take seriously the underrepresentation of transgender people, especially transgender people of color uh, in film, theater, and other media. I want to expand that uh, underrepresentation from Hollywood to politics to uh, even the LGB community. Uh, Within our own community, I feel that uh, people of color, trans, are underrepresented and you know the the narrative actually when it comes to the issues that we face such as income inequality or access to healthcare these types of disparities that dialogue is coming from um, you know mainly white cisgender gay men uh, how do we you know as a community make sure that uh, we're not reflecting this on a race you know situation like it's not because they're white gay cisgender men but that we also really need on a dire level, to include voices from people of color, especially trans women of color? Well, I think it just uh, comes down to a series of many different small decisions and choices that individuals and organizations make. And um, any one of those decisions or choices may be perfectly fine in and of itself. But the larger context has to be looked at, and an organization of whatever kind, an advocacy organization, uh, a business, um, a government agency, um, a film studio, as I say, theater company, uh, whatever the situation is, um, the, uh, the organization and the leadership of that organization need to uh, look seriously at the underrepresentation of LGBT people, 
other marginalized groups in whatever enterprise uh, they're engaged in. Pauline, thank you so much for sharing your time with us and just, uh, I mean, you're an incredible trans activist, a human rights activist, a gender rights activist, and without you and just the voice that you put out there um, to the world, I mean, I, I, I know for a fact that we wouldn't be here without someone like you. My last question to you, I mean, you do a whole lot of writing out there on social media. You put yourself out there um, a lot with your, your thoughts, and even at one point. <laughs> calling out Mel Gibson, of all people. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, how do you find the, the, uh, the courage that what you say is, in fact, what people, you know, will be receptive to? I, I find as an LGBTQ person myself, um, in doing this type of work, uh, I'm always so cautious because, you know, people are so critical. Well, it's tricky. I, I uh, set up my uh, website, pollingpark.com, uh, several years ago. And uh, then joined Facebook and then Twitter, and uh, I post a great deal. I tend to get into arguments about a small number of big topics, uh, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton among them, but also Israel-Palestine, since I got involved with uh, Palestine Solidarity uh, activism uh, in 2011. And uh, I think it's simply having the courage of one's so much for joining us here today. I, I hope that you come back in the future because I would love to talk to you about um, complex identities, being Asian, queer, or LGBTQI, and in your case, trans, and how that all comes together. So you'll come back on the show? I'd love to. Thanks so much for the invitation, Michelle. Uh, call me anytime. I'd be happy to uh, come back and talk with you. That's so wonderful. For more information on Pauline and to follow her work, head to paulinepark.com. The show continues. Don't go away because I'll be back. Thanks for listening. 
Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on on Facebook. Like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices. On the Progressive Voices Facebook page, we update the stories that our hosts like Tom Hartman, Stephanie Miller, Bill Press, and Leslie Marshall will be talking about during their shows. And we share great news, commentaries, opinion pieces, and videos from all over the progressive world. Always progressive, always on. Be part of the progressive conversation. Like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices. The Commonwealth Club is a unique organization that brings together people from a variety of backgrounds to explore important issues as a community. Sooner or later, everyone worth hearing comes to our stage. From Marga Gomez to Richard Chamberlain, from James Hormel to Kate Kendall, leading thinkers, activists, politicians, and artists have come to the Commonwealth Club of California. Ted Olson and David Boyes came here to discuss their winning legal strategy for same-sex marriage. Jason Collins talked about gay athletes. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence discussed activism and good works. Actor and director Rob Reiner explained how he got Hollywood behind same-sex marriage. Barney Frank described what it's like to be gay at the highest levels of Washington. From healthcare reform to transgender rights, from immigration to gay-owned businesses, it's all at the Commonwealth Club. And that's still just a portion of the 450 programs we present every single year, with new programming nearly every single day. Be a part of the conversation. Learn more at commonwealthclub.org, download our free app in iTunes, and join us in person the next time you're in San Francisco. The Commonwealth Club of California puts you face-to-face with today's thought leaders. And now, back to the Michelle Meow Show. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us here on this perfect Wednesday. Everything has gone right so far. (laughs) No, not exactly. That's why it's called Hump Day. I'm Michelle Miao, your host, and our next guest is a community activist right here in San Francisco uh, who also is an advocate for justice and equality, uh, who's a uh, very popular and well-known drag king performer, in which I had the honor of witnessing some incredible moves myself. (laughs) just the other week, and who's now a a candidate to the San Francisco Pride Board of Directors. Let's welcome Carmen Alex Morrison to the program. Alex, welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes, no, of course. I I mean, uh, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of important things, especially a project that you're working on in which we need to get the word out there. Um, But before we, we, you know, let people know what we need them to know, I'd love for people to get to know you, uh, which, you know, I know that uh, many people know you in various forms or ways, and you're so deeply committed to our community. Let's talk about um, kind of, you know, your history and, and your work here in San Francisco and kind of what brought you to what you're doing today. Well, I've always been an advocate for justice, and I pretty much was born in a family of advocates. And so it's a really natural uh, progression for me. And community is very important to me, especially the communities that I live in and the people that I support. So um, part of why I'm here with you today is one of our community efforts that we're hoping everyone can get behind. Yeah, so let's jump right into that. And uh, involves the uh, Harvey Milk School Academy, and 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 this is actually, you know, I just commend you for for what you're trying to do here. Tell us, tell us what you're doing. Well, one of the students at Harvey Milk School Rights Academy, seven year old Sweetie Pie, uh, she's the daughter of two women. She's recently.
recently been diagnosed with an inoperable cancer, which is called DPID. And for those of you who don't know, DPID, please look it up, but it's a brain tumor that's found in part of the lower back of the brain that is really inoperable and affects children that are between the ages of five and seven. And so when this was brought to our attention, one of the teachers, Kelly Clark, who's a great teacher at Harvey Milk Civil Rights Academy, brought it to the community and said, look, we need your help. And so we are doing a fundraiser on September 26th, Saturday, September 26th, in the Mora Moon. That is her name, D-A-M-O-R-A Moon. Um, and it's going to be a block party and music festival fundraiser. And it's going to be really fun. And hopefully the community can come out and support. We have really great talent that has signed up already for it. I went to a meeting on Monday. I just got brought into it. And already the community has been opening up to uh, support Samora and her family. Um, we are in the middle of, and I can't say who it is, but this um, uh a performer that you will know and that's well-known and who's coming up from L.A. and we're just finishing up the contract with him. We'll be performing and we have Cat uh, Delic who does funk. We have Eric McFadden already signed up. We have Harold Day and the Experience that have signed up. We have Pink Sabbath. We have the Mama Boys, which is my group. And so we have five DJs that came out of nowhere last night that said, hey, put a call out on Facebook and they said, hey, we're down, so let us know what we can do. So That's I'm so really incredible. pleased, really pleased. That is so, 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 so incredible. It actually um, almost makes me want to cry because it, it really, you know, shows how the community can come together at a, at a time of need, even though, you know, we may we may feel like we're all a little, you know, disjointed lately and we're just, you know, San Francisco is going through so many shifts and so many changes, especially within our own community. Um, that's got to make, you know, someone like you, an activist, a community activist, uh, it's going to make you feel, feel great. But we got to get the, uh, the work in there. The important part of it is that it is a fundraiser. Now, you know, the show here, the program airs on the Progressive Voices Network, which is a nationwide program on the TuneIn app. And so if people can't be here in San Francisco, is there a way to donate? Yes, she has a site that um, is, let me see if I can bring it up real quick. Um, and I can, shoot, I'm really sorry, people, that I wasn't more prepared. No, it's okay. But she, has a, she has a GoFundMe account, and it's under the name of Zamora Moon. So it's Z-A-M-O-R-A-M-O-O-N, GoFundMe. And that's how uh, anyone who wants to support throughout the country can do it. Great. I'll also post that information up on our website and our social media feeds. So for all those uh, who are tuning in and you missed that, we'll make sure that information gets out there. Um, going back to, you know, community activism and how we actually can, you know, set aside our personal feelings or our agendas to, to, to support someone in, in our community. I mean, um, do you find that, uh, you know, we need to do more of that today more than ever? Yes, I do. Unfortunately, we've gotten so separate in our thoughts. There was a time when I just felt like the community was moving together. Any community throughout this nation was moving together. And now I feel that we are disjointed, and I, and I really want to make some efforts to bring us back together. I think more groups need to talk to each other, to sit down and not text each other, not go on social media, but sit down in front of each other and really come up with some 
guidelines where we can work better together. And because I think there's so many gray areas that connect each association. And if we don't work together, we're just going to continue to be separate and repeat the same message but in different directions. So if we can go forward with the same message together, then I feel that we'll have more successes in bringing our community together, in accomplishing goals that we've set up, and being on the same place with our same efforts. And your efforts in terms of going out there and getting people involved, I mean, it's not like, you know, everybody knows everyone. It sounds like, you know, lots of different people are pulling their weight and those involved come from different backgrounds too, right? Absolutely. Like take this event, for instance. Every single person in this type of people in the community has come together. So we have full um, queer and LGBTQI uh, support. We have, I mean, hell, we're going to have drag kings on the same stage as these funk, African-American funk straight men bands who are in total support of what we do. So that in itself is, is a plus for the way that the community is coming out with this. We have a rock band that would never pretty much play in this type of a format because they, they would be playing in a different type of format. It's pretty much funk and hip-hop and old school, and they've stepped up. We have DJs that are ranging from all the spectrums of choice orientation, and they're going to be laying down all types of music from the old school music to you know more of the house and progressive music. So it's just a taste of every single part of our community that's going to be coming together, and, and that's the direction that I wish we would all work in when we start you know, talking about community supporting each other. Amen. Amen. Unfortunately, this is all coming together for, uh, you know, very, very, very important reason. And that reason is to help fund, uh, you know, the young student. And, and I didn't catch, I didn't catch her name. I don't know if you guys are, are releasing that information. Her name is Zamora Moon. Okay. Z-A-M-O-R-A-M-O-O-N. Zamora that's who the fundraiser's for, not, not the parent, right? That's right. What is happening is there's one place in the world right now, and that's London, England, that is really taking a risk to support children that are affected with this disease. No one else pretty much has the knowledge or is touching it because the research has not been there. It's so rare. And so we're trying to bring awareness not only to the disease, but to the fact that there is a program out there that we can help them more get to to give her some chance of hope and to also to bring more awareness around this disease. It, it, like I said, it affects between, you know, the five-year-old to the seven-year-old. So it's not a common thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so whatever support we can do to bring it to the attention for awareness and to also support this family and their plight is just what we're trying to do. There is a also a YouTube um little video out there that tells you about Mora and her, her diagnosis and you get to meet her. Oh, that's wonderful. So. We'll, we'll make sure to share that. So again, uh, for the, if there are people here in the San Francisco Bay area, you can all come out and support Samora and the fundraiser. And that is happening at the end of September. Give us the date yeah. and the time again and where it's going to happen. Yes. It's going to be between the hours of 12, 6, 730. If we can get, we're still in the middle of getting permits and everything. But right now we're looking at noon to 7.30-ish. It is Saturday, September 26th. It will be held at 19th Street between Collinwood and Diamond. And that is right in front of the Harvey Milk River Rights Academy where she goes. 
where I taught for 10 years as a volunteer for the talk. Wow. Wow. Well, Alex, thank you so much for bringing this to our attention. Um, and then real quick, again, we mentioned earlier that uh, for those who are not in the San Francisco Bay Area but would still like to support, there is a GoFundMe page, um, a GoFundMe account under Zamora Moon. And we will post that information up on our website and social media information as well. Alex, thanks again for, for jumping by and uh, letting us know of this very important situation. Thank you very much for giving me this opportunity. Hope to see you all there on the 26th. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Fawn. The Michelle Meow Show continues right after this. Dennis and I get to shut the show down. Uh-oh. <laughs> Don't go away. I'm Heclina. I've been doing drag here in San Francisco for almost 20 years. And uh, over the past couple of months, I just opened up my club, Oasis. It's been going really well. People really seem to appreciate the space. It's something people say San Francisco really needs right now because the city has been changing a lot. I always had this attitude of, of opening a space that was kind of like for everybody. And that's just kind of the attitude and the, the uh, the ethics of Oasis is it's kind of a space for everybody. How does it feel to be a business owner? I don't know, you know, it's funny because I still need to, I still have to kind of pinch myself to believe it's actually true, you know what I mean? Like I walk in there and, and I go up to the bar and I go, oh, could I please have a glass of water? You know, it's kind of like, I forget that it's my place. Running gay clubs, it's changed a lot. Um, I think that gay people now, they're everywhere. They don't feel like they have to maybe be in a gay bar all the time, so you have to be much more creative about how you are enticing people to come out to your club. I, I guess I'm successful because I'll just say it, I work really hard at what I do. I also like to provide a really quality experience for people. So yes, you know, people will pay to see my shows and pay to come to my club, but I always like, like to give them something that's worth it. The experience that they'll, they'll leave my shows going, okay, that was worth it, you know what I mean? This has always been my attitude. Um, just to entertain people and so it seems like that works, you know. I would say to young kids, you know, just kind of form your own identity and, uh, and you know, don't let others dictate how you should behave or think. Uh, you can always go to uh, sfoasis.com to find out about all the entertainment and nightlife that we have going on at Oasis. If you want to see drag, we've got that for you. If you want to see some queer hip-hop parties or queer dance parties, we have that for Spotlight you. Spotlight on success and achievement. Brought to you by Wells Fargo. Together, we'll go far. And now, back to the Michelle Meow Show. Whose voice is that? And now, back to the Her. Michelle Meow Show. Was it Heclina? <laughs> hey, by the way, that's very cool that uh, she brought back the Oasis. I remember going there in like 1989. They used to have the pool. There was a swimming pool in there. Inside of the Inside actual... the club. It was a club. It wasn't just this, you know, swimming venue. And they'd let people swim in the pool. I remember doing a couple of laps for some radio thing we did. How clean was it? Drunk. Who cares? (laughs) Whatever. And then they'd put the, I think it was like a, uh, you could see through this dance floor that they'd put over it and people would dance over the pool. So, um... I, I, Oasis uh, is now a queer bar, an LGBTQI bar. Yeah, um, I saw, I saw uh, online, actually. No, I, I saw this commercial. Um, beautiful, what they've done to it. What was it before? Kind of funky, kind of like a beachy thing, seriously. You know, it, 
There was the area upstairs. You could you could sit outside and whatever, and you know. Were there all kinds of people who just kind of? No, it would no? be you know basically a bunch of DBs. You know. Oh. Douchebags. Yes. Douchebags. Douchebags. No, no, it was fun. It was a it was a you know dance club. I didn't fit in. But I made an ass out of myself there a couple you times. You didn't fit in? I didn't fit in. Because you're not a douchebag. Hey, yeah, I am. Uh, no, actually, now that I think of it. Hey, let yeah. me ask you a question. I was poking around in your office over yeah. there, and uh, so you've gone full-blown lesbian. Uh, you've got golf club. <laughs> I mean, is the dinosaur coming up? What's going on? Oh, my gosh. Uh, so Whose clubs are those? They're, they're mine. They were donated to me. Nice. Uh, by a friend of mine who, you know, is, is really into golf, and she's, you know, getting better at it and so she upgraded her her deal have from you those, ever played those clubs yes so i played for charity for the very first time it was 18 holes i had no idea what when the heck was i was this, doing by the way? um that was uh during pride month i oh, did it man. for horizons and they have this event every year called uh, golf for good okay and where, where was it do you know where the yeah the napa valley chardonnay Beautiful. golf yeah. club yeah, yeah. I love or it. golf whatever center field course course there you go <laughs> <laughs> so you're way into the sport, I can tell. I'm way into it. No, I'm just getting into it. But but there's a there's actually a reason why I'm so obsessed about getting good. So this event because there are hot chicks that golf. I did not say that. Okay, I'm just listen. I'm not saying maybe that's your reason for wanting to, but I'm well, saying- but I would be the first to tell you if there were. But I did not say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and so um, anyway, it's like I don't know, 150 lesbians, yeah. all women really, um, who come out and who pay the the fee. Yeah. Uh, which is you know it's pretty much it's pretty up there. It's for charity, yeah, it's expensive, right? Yeah. Yeah. You get 18 holes. They feed you alcohol at like certain holes, and you know. Fun. Did they games. set up a big tent for the uh, you know for the after party? after party? There's yeah. an after party good and time. all that good stuff and dinner. So it's pretty. You know, high up there for nice. the the high donors, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so, anyway, so I thought that you know, anytime alcohol is involved, I always think that it's casual because I mean, real, how serious can you be if you're serving margaritas at like hole number three? So you wore jeans and a uh, tank top. I at least tried. I put on some shorts and a Perfect. polo. Perfect. And uh, you know, a little cabbie hat. That's where the polo came from. It's but, a golf shirt, you know, tennis yeah, shirt. But. but I didn't wear golf shoes. I only had these like sperry lesbian boat shoes. And and anyway, the, and I point this out and thank you for bringing that up. And I'll wrap up this story. But uh, anyway, um, a, a I guess an annual player, someone who actually comes and plays and you know yeah. wins the tournaments because there's a it's a it's a gigantic tournament. Someone with skills. Someone with skills. And, and money and, to donate yeah. for a good cause. Right. Good. So she rolls up with her crew and they're all, they're all wearing the same polo. And, you know, I think it was like Tommy Hilfiger. I mean, seriously, they, they were like, you know, twinsies. They were, so, yep. it was a, it was a team. Yep. And That's they had awesome. a team name. They decorated their cart. I love the idea of it. I love the idea. Yeah. But then she like. She, you know, we were we were kind of sucking at this hole, so they had to wait for us, and we felt really bad. Well, you've never played. We've never played, and I was on the, I was seriously on the like runs team. Like, yeah. I mean, we, one of the girls came out. She just came out a week ago. She turned fifty five and said, "I'm divorcing my husband. I'm a lesbian," and was like taking shots of tequila like she was sixteen. Like, Times. I mean, yeah. Anyway, so she comes up to me and she's just like, yeah, first time, huh? And I'm like, yeah. And I pull on and humble about it. Like, I've never played golf before. I had no idea what to expect. It's so tough. 
And she's like, you realize you're wearing the wrong shoes? And I'm like, you will, yeah, I mean, I don't play golf. Right. Uh, I'm not going to go for one event, go buy some golf shoes. And so she says to me, what, are you going to go boating? You thought you were going sailing or something? And then it was just like, look, hey, don't give me a hard time. I mean, I just didn't want to spend $100 on some shoes that right. I wasn't sure if I'm going to wear again. Right. She's like, yeah, you know, golf is an expensive sport, yeah. and you should have the money to play it if you want to play it. Like, oh, what a douchebag. No, Speaking of douchebags. No, hold on a second. So this is the one that just came out with the tequilas yeah. and all that? No, this is the oh. this was the girl that, uh, you know, the group that was dressed all in oh, Tommy really? Hilfiger. And then, she's, and then she says to me, you know, you're lucky you're cute. I'll let you, I'll let you pass. Uh, go after yourself? What? If that's your way of hitting on me. What's well, a horrible. <sighs> yeah, no thank you. First of all, Good stay attempt. out of the sun. Stay out of the sun, man. Yeah, secondly, yeah, yeah. really. Yeah, use some sunscreen. And uh, thirdly, yeah. Yeah. Why don't never you... up, never in. Yeah, so, but it, but it got me so pissed off. And that was like whole number. So you are competitive, you know, a little bit. A little bit. It got me so pissed off. So you're going to start hitting a ball and get some lessons and stuff? You need I've, lessons. I do. I mentioned it to, it just so happens that, you know, I've got one rich person in my family. My sister married into this guy. I love her. I mean, know, I don't even know her, but I, I'm hoping that. Uh, he's a, and so he golfs and he's got a, he's a member of some fancy schwank country club in Stockton. Really? Yeah. Wait a bit. Is that a oxymoron? It totally is. Schwanky, classy. Meaning upscale, there's like five league. people who are members there. It's awesome. And it's like the five doctors that work in Stockton. Nice. Um, anyway, so he, um, he was so stoked because no one else in, in my lower income, middle-class family ever wants to golf. So he's like, Hey, come golf with me. He starts giving me lessons and gives me free lessons from the, awesome. the, from, you the know, pro. from the pro, the pro. And That's next awesome. thing you know, You're I'm buying golf shoes. Well, okay. And you, but you, I'm telling you this, two things. Okay. Knowing it from having played and I put air quotes around it. Um, one. You have to practice. You have to go out to the practice range. You have to work on it and get your skills. You have to get somebody that knows what they're doing. You can't just go in a book and figure it out because you need somebody to help you with that. And then the third thing, don't get upset when you don't do well. Take the best thing about your round and say you made a great putt. And a story. I had a great day then. You had one good drive, you know, good enough. Because uh, I remember going, okay, so back in the day, we went down and played Pebble Beach, which is fantastic. Pebble Beach is worth going on the course just to, just to see it. It's so That's beautiful. That's like a multimillionaire's playland, Pebble it, Beach. It kind of is. Yeah. And, well, back in the day, you know, I was making. Dang. Clubs. You know how it is. Hey, yeah. I, hey roll deep. You know you what know? I'm saying? With all my homies. But anyhow. Uh, Started from the bottom, now we're here. Ow, what? And then started from the top, and now we're here. <laughs> my life—that's the—that's the—that was played at my wedding. Um, but anyhow, uh, you know, so I got all ticked off because I, I shanked one into the into the water and stuff, and, uh, and the guy I was with says, "Look, you don't—you having a fit over a bad shot is ridiculous. You don't work hard enough at it. You don't practice all the time, so." Take the fact that you're out on a beautiful course and out in the air and having a couple of beers on the cart. Take the best of what you're doing. And, uh, you know, and, and I appreciate it. And then I gave my golf clubs to my son. who will use them. Wait, so my, if I'm going somewhere with this, you, you probably could be my golf buddy again. Absolutely not. Okay. 
I'm horrible and uh, not inspired enough and have to get real jobs. Hey, but you know what? I've had a great time meeting so many douchebags. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Somebody what, took a picture of me. That's why at, we hang together. I was out at Tilden in Berkeley, which is beautiful, well, by the way. Wait a minute. Now you're, you're, now you're playing. I, I'm playing. I'm trying to. I'm but, out. I mean, we only got a couple minutes left. But, I, I mean, know because I, wish, I got I wish great you brought news this here. Up. Oh, I know. But, I got to uh, tell you something. It's, it's, it's causing a problem in my relationship. Why doesn't uh, Miss Thang pick up the clubs? It's something you can do together. Because it involves the sun. She's Asian. Okay, I get that. There's SPF <laughs> and there's, there's a thing called hats. Yeah, that's why Asians wear not the visors that like just it's cute and it's just extending no, above your forehead. No, it's a big giant uh, Southern style, uh, you know, Kentucky Derby style hat. Yeah. It's, it covers you completely. Listen, I, I hate to interrupt our conversation yeah. here, but I mean, I've got breaking news. Oh, okay. Uh, season 21 of uh, Dancing with the Stars, the full cast was just announced and it's so exciting. It involves I mean, a gay person? It involves stars okay. dancing with the uh, stars. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, Alex Garlatos is going to be on the show. Alexa Pena Vega, uh, Andy Grammer, of course, the great singer. Bindi Irwin's going to be there. Um, who else? Uh, Hayes Greer, social media savant. Hayes Greer, Kim Dolciak Bierman will be. Uh, who are these people? Right, <laughs> dancing with the what? Oh my god! Here's the real. Here's the names you might know. Nick Carter. Okay. Okay, we know who he is. He's a star. Paula Dean. Oh no! I swear to oh, you. Oh no! Paula Dean. Uh, Gary Busey. Okay. But I mean, how do you say Dancing with the Stars? Well, as we all say, I mean, Dancing with the Stars is like okay. Well, what happens to celebrities when they've made some attention and yeah. then they can't get any? They go to Dancing with the Stars or like. I wish Bad I, Girls Club. <laughs> I can really relate to it because I had a little bit of celebrity at one point. Oh, it's gone. It's completely gone. Listen, and I, now you're on the Michelle Meow show. Two words. Ouch. Okay. And uh, listen, but I know I'm setting my DVR right now for that. Yeah, you better. My. You better. And I will be, uh, I guess, I guess I'll be setting mine for I Am Kate. I Am Kate. And of course, the uh, ladies PGA. <laughs> because you're such a golfer. I'm such a golfer. Michelle, now. thanks for uh, you know. I love you so much. I and love you. We all straight. love Dennis here. No, I mean, he's awesome. He's, he's an amazing. Shawn's shaking her head and rolling her eyes. He's I an amazing it. radio legend. And you can Crickets. hit me up too if you're a radio <laughs> legend. Head to michellemeow.com. Let us know what you think or your thoughts or your comments. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter. I'll be back tomorrow at the same time, four o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Jim Obergefell of Obergefell versus Hodges will be with us. You don't want to miss it.